the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You do good, the world is going to mock you, they're going to vilify you, they're going to persecute you as a Christian, you're going to suffer. You do evil, well, you're also going to suffer, but it's a different kind of suffering. The wrath of God is going to come up against you, but it is better to suffer a little persecution here on this earth because you're doing the right thing than to do evil and to suffer the wrath of God in this life and in the life to come. Oh, it's an easy decision. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church located in Los Angeles, California. Everything we do at Shepherd is based around John 3.14 that teaches us to lift up the name of Jesus that the world might believe. We want to come alongside you in your journey with God and help you become stronger in your faith so you can better serve Jesus and share Him with others. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us today. I want you to take your Bibles and open them up to 1 Peter uh, chapter 3. If you are a guest here today, uh, we are preaching through this book. It's about five chapters, and you caught us on a Sunday where we're about halfway through. And so it's a good place uh, for you to join in uh, this study. Hope you'll stay with us through the rest of it. And there is uh, so much meat and potatoes in this text uh, it would take me a couple of months to go through it all. And I, I, you'd be surprised by how often I ask the Lord to forgive me for trying to go through so much material in, in like a 30-minute window. I have four major points today, and the first point is this. It's called the inevitable principle that everyone suffers. It's inevitable that everyone suffers. There is a false doctrine in our country called health, wealth, and prosperity that basically teaches that if you become a Christian, you won't have any problems, you'll never get sick, and you'll have more money than you'll ever know what to do with. I actually remember when I first moved uh, to L.A., and I'm not, this is not secondhand, this is firsthand, this is my own eyeballs. I was watching uh, television from a preacher uh, here in L.A., he was on television, And if I mentioned his name, many of you would know who I was talking about. But uh, he's a health, wealth, and prosperity preacher. And I was watching his show, and I heard him say these words. He drives a Rolls Royce, and I suppose if you can afford that, more power to you. But the preacher said this. He He said, the reason you don't drive a Rolls Royce is because you don't listen to what I teach and to what the Bible says. And he said these words, if you would pay attention and do what I tell you and do what the Bible teaches, then you too could drive a Rolls Royce like me. I want you to know that that is false doctrine. 
The Bible never teaches that if you follow its principles that you'll never have any problems, that you'll never get sick, and you'll even be fortunate enough to drive a Rolls Royce. I believe the opposite of that is true. The Bible actually teaches that if you become a Christian, if you get saved, you're probably going to have more problems than what you have right now. In other words, we all have so many problems in our life, and some of you believe that if you become a Christian, that you somehow will have less problems. No, no, no. If you have this many problems and you give your life to Jesus Christ, you're even going to have more problems. The difference is that you won't go through those problems alone. The Bible teaches that Jesus will be with you as you go through the storms of life. Now, when I read the Bible, and especially when I read 1 Peter, the book that we're studying, I reach the conclusion that suffering is normal. It's inevitable. Especially as a Christian, if you stand for your faith in this culture, the world is going to resist you as you swim upstream you're going to suffer. I want to read to you just some of the verses in 1 Peter. I'll put them on the screen. 1 Peter 1, 6, Rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. 1 Peter 2, 21, To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in His steps. 1 Peter 4.12, dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial that you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you, like this is normal. And 1 Peter 5.8 says, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The point I want to make is that it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or a non-Christian. Everyone suffers. Everyone goes through trials. Jesus himself said these words in Matthew 5, verse 45. He said, He, God, causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. When the sun rises, it shines on the saved and the unsaved. And then it says, And when the rain falls or the storms come, they fall on the righteous and the unrighteous. When that Hurricane Harvey hit down there in Texas and rain 51 inches, uh, everybody's houses got flooded. It wasn't like you went down the street and all the unsaved people, their houses were flooded and all the Christians' houses were not flooded. And when the, and when the earthquake hit, in, can you imagine when the earthquake hit in Mexico, if the only houses that collapsed were non-believers and every single person that was a Christian, their house remained upright? Why, people would be coming to the Lord just to save money on fire and earthquake insurance, right? (laughs) No, when the heat wave comes, the heat wave affects the saved and the unsaved. When the fires and the floods come, the righteous and the unrighteous suffer. You say, what's the point? I'm glad you asked that question. I want you to write this down. We live in two camps here today. Those who do evil and those who do good. There's only two camps here today. You're, one, you're in one of the two. You either go around doing evil or you go around doing good. And it doesn't matter what camp you're in, both camps suffer. I want to ask you, what camp are you in? 
How many of you are in the camp that you go around looking to do good? You just say, I, I try to do good. Raise your hand if you try to do good. Let's thank the Lord. Come on, for all the people that try to do good. Well, I, I, don't assume because you're doing good that you're not going to suffer. You're going to suffer. But what you need to know is that the people who do evil also suffer. I want you to look at verse 12. Now watch this. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. Those of you that do good. He's paying attention. His ears are attentive to their prayer. He hears your prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do what? Who do evil. If you live an evil life, you will face the wrath of God one day. If you do evil, the Lord will turn against you. And if you live a good life, the Lord will turn his face towards you. But you're going to suffer either way. Now, what I want you to know, and I want you to wake up and learn this lesson, it is far better to suffer for doing good than it is to suffer for doing evil. I want you to look at verse 17. It says, it is better if it's God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. You do good, the world is going to mock you, they're going to vilify you, they're going to persecute you as a Christian, you're going to suffer. You do evil, well, you're also going to suffer. But it's a different kind of suffering. The wrath of God is going to come up against you. But it is better to suffer a little persecution here on this earth because you're doing the right thing, knowing that one day you're going to go to heaven and live forever. That is far better than to do evil and to suffer the wrath of God in this life and in the life to come. Oh, it's an easy decision. Uh, number two is what I call the intentional principle, which is always, always do good. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, always do good. Say that to your neighbor. Come on, come on. And then say this to them. Say this to them. You weren't listening. I said, always do good. Always do good. Now look at verse 8. He says, finally. Everybody say, finally. Isn't it kind of funny? He's not even halfway through the book and he says, finally. He's just like a preacher. He says, finally. There's a whole lot more to go. All of you live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic, which means if one person hurts, you should hurt with them. Love as brothers and be compassionate and humble. Imagine how different our country would be if everyone just lived according to that one verse of Scripture. All of you live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic, love as brothers, and be compassionate and humble. You wouldn't even recognize this country. You say that's a pipe dream. Well, look at verse 9. Verse 9 says, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult rather with with a blessing Uh, this verse alone would change the strife and division in our country instead of trading insult for insult we traded anytime any anyone insulted you you traded that back with a blessing imagine what this world would be like i want you to write this down what he's saying is don't be reactive be proactive don't be reactive that's that's where we're living today 
Someone insults, we insult back. Then they insult us. Then we insult them. And then they insult us. And it's evil for evil. Instead, what he says, be proactive. Someone insults you, find a way to bless them. Someone does evil, find a way to to somehow bless that person. Find a way to do good, especially to those who mistreat you. There was a student who was going to be a missionary to China, and he had to go to language school. So it's the first day of school, and the teacher walks into the room, does not say a word, but just walks up and down the classroom, and then leaves, never said a word. She comes back into the room, and she asks this question, did any of you notice anything? And no one could think of anything particular. Until one student raised their hand and said, I noticed your perfume. And everybody laughed. And the teacher said, that's exactly the point. She said, it will be a long time before any of you can speak Chinese well enough to share the gospel. But know this, by the way you live your life, you can be the sweet fragrance of Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, our nation is divided. It is full of strife. Politically, we're divided racially we're divided it's the republicans versus the democrats us versus them the rich versus poor the alt-right versus the far left and it's getting uglier and uglier but i want you to know it's not just that it's ugly it is sinful it is evil and everyone is just reacting this person says this and so we say this and then they say this and we say this and it just keeps going back And I understand that. I understand that for non-believers. For people who do not claim faith in Jesus Christ. But for those of us who are saved, for those of us who know Jesus Christ as our Savior, it should not be that way. Whenever we, the church, as believers, hear of something that's negative or critical or evil, we should try to find a way not to, not to get caught up into that, but to find a way to bless people and to honor people. That's what this is calling us to do. The only solution, instead of being reactive, is to be proactive. And I know, I've learned this. I can't control anyone else in the entire world. I can't even control my wife. can't control my kids I can't control what the dog does and we've got to learn how to in spite of being vilified or criticized or maligned or mistreated this whole text is just talking about finding a way to do good even to people who mistreat you then there's an indisputable principle which is there are rewards galore for anyone for, and I know this is difficult because this goes against the flesh because when someone mistreats you, you want to get even. But for anybody who can do good, even when they're being mistreated, there are rewards for that person. And the first reward is you will be blessed. You say, well, what kind of blessings will I have? Well, let's read through this and see exactly what he's talking about. Verse 9 again, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing. Because... To this you were called. You were called to repay insult 
with blessings so that you may inherit a what? You will receive a blessing. For whoever would love life. How many of you just want to love life? You just want to love life and see good days. You must keep your tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. Instead, verse 11, he must turn from evil and you must do good. And you must seek peace and pursue it. It's not going to be easy. You have to pursue peace. And verse 12 again, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. He will see when you do your good deeds and his ears will be attentive to your prayer. And don't forget the face of the Lord will turn against those who do evil. Verse 13, who is going to harm you? Who's going to harm you when you are eager to do good? Who? Really? Nobody. I mean, if you go out and just start to just serve people and honor people and, and find ways to bless people, chances are you're, you're, you're not going to suffer for that. Now, you might. Some knucklehead might come along and mistreat you even for That happens, does it not? And so he says, verse 14, but even if you should suffer, if it does happen, for, for what is right, I want you to know, he says, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. You see, that's what you have to decide. Is Jesus Christ going to be your Lord? And if you'll set apart Jesus Christ as your Lord, your King, your ruler, your prayers will be answered. You will love life. You will see good days. You won't grow bitter. Have you ever met someone they've been arguing and going back and forth so long, they're now they're just a bitter, they're bitter, they're upset with everybody all the time. The eyes of the Lord will be upon you. You'll have nothing to fear. It's a blessing to know that when you go home at night and you lay your head down... You can go to sleep because you know you've done the right thing today. Even though there were people who mistreated you, you did not mistreat them. Even though people insulted you, you did not insult them. And that could be the greatest blessing ever. Amen. I was in Waikiki and they have these street performers. And there was a guy, he was African American. And he's there every night. If you ever go there, you go, you go say hello to him. You go talk to him. And what he does is he makes balloon characters. He takes these balloons, they're worth like a penny. Blows up the balloon. Makes half of them pop. But he makes either a hat or a palm tree or he makes anything you want to make. And he hands it to the kids for a small donation. And I was standing there watching him and this Japanese woman, she was a tourist. I don't think she knew one word of English. She came up, she had a little child, she wanted something done for her child, and when he was finished, I was standing there, I'm 6'5", I could see everything. <laughs> I watched. She opened up her wallet, and there was nothing but $100 bills in there. I don't think she knew what they were worth. <laughs> I watched as she took a $100 bill she just, and handed it to this man. And I watched... As that man said, no, 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 no. And she was confused. And for some reason, she looked over at me. 
And I went. <laughs> and she put the $100 in my hand. I reached into my pocket. I took out five 20s. Fanned them out. And I went like this. And I handed her the five 20s. She took one of the 20s and she handed it to the man. And the man goes, no, 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 no. She looked over at me. I went like this. She put the 20 in my hand. I reached in my pocket. I took out a 10 and two fives. I went like this. I gave her the 10 and the two fives. I put the 20 in my pocket. And then I took one of the fives and I handed it to him. And he took the five and she turned to me and she said, thank you. And she went down the road. I immediately went over to that man. I said, brother, I got to tell you something. You blessed me today because you gave me hope that there are still good people in this world. You could have ripped her off and she would have never known the difference. And he said to me, hey, 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 he went like that to me, hey, 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 it's no big deal. He said, I'm the one, he said these words, I'm the one that has to go home at night. And when I, he said these words, when I lay my head down on that pillow, I want to know that I've done the right thing today because I want to sleep like a baby. And whenever, whenever you do good, even when people mistreat you, and even if it goes unnoticed, which it probably will go unnoticed, you still do the right thing, and you'll be blessed of God, and you'll have the peace of God. And when you lay down at night, you get to go to sleep knowing that you've done the right thing today. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. Wouldn't it be great if there were accessible answers to our spiritual problems? Just like there's a smartphone app for calculating a tip or getting directions to a local store. Most of us have heard the phrase, there's an app for that, popularized by the creators of the iPhone. Well, God has an app for the common problems faced by Christians everywhere. Are you stressed out? God has an app for that. Problem with crude language or gossip? Struggling with prejudice? Brokenhearted? Anxious? Or depressed? God has an app for that too. Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, is available now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This helpful resource can be yours right now 
by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also get God Has an App for That on our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Come and explore the book of James and discover God's user-friendly solutions for some of the biggest challenges we all face daily. Get your copy of Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Pastor Dudley